This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I am delighted to go digging for gold with you in the unmatched, powerful, restorative, and miraculous Word of God. Today, we will continue in our Bible study entitled Significant, Becoming a Woman of Unique Purpose, True Identity, and Irrepressible Hope. This Bible study is based on my book by the same name. I'd love to invite you to order your own copy of Significant so that you can place these principles deeply within your life. You might also like to read Significant with your Sunday school class, Bible study, or small group. Significant is available on Amazon, CBD, and on my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com. Also, I want to extend the invitation to you to visit my website, carolmcleodministries.com. Read a blog post, sign up for a weekly devotional, or even send us a prayer request. Well, in today's podcast, we'll conclude our focus on loneliness. Loneliness can often magnify our other troubles in life, so it's so important to deal with loneliness in a healthy manner. Let's dig in. about loneliness and how those seasons in life when we're alone don't have to drain us, but that they can actually fortify us. It's true. I get it. I know loneliness can be crushing and paralyzing, or it can be a time of renewed relationship with our Savior. You get to choose. So when you're alone, I want to challenge you to use it as a time of strengthening your walk in Christ. Don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself, but pick up your Bible, turn on worship music, and renew your friendship with Jesus. I, as a woman of God, am a stalwart believer in the fact that God's will is found in His Word. Do you believe that same thing? You know, so many people go through life looking for a sign when what they need to do is look for a verse. During one of my loneliest seasons in life, I actually did a Bible study on the words alone, lonely, and loneliness. I went through concordances, and I looked up every verse in the Bible that had one of those words in them. You know, I found incomparable comfort and undeniable direction, and I just want to share a few of those lonely verses with you today. First of all, there's Psalm 25 verses 16 through 17. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. David was a man who knew the discouragement that often accompanies loneliness, because loneliness doesn't invade your life by itself. When loneliness comes in, it brings with it its twin brother, discouragement. And In this moment of solitude, David cried out to the Lord for attention and for grace from the Father. He said, turn to me, pay attention to me, be gracious to me. 
But there's something else in this verse that David recognized that at times you and I might ignore. David points out the fact that loneliness can actually enlarge or magnify your other troubles. Let me read the verse to you again. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. David points out the fact that loneliness can actually enlarge or magnify your other troubles. Now, let me prove my point. When you're lonely, a lack of finances is monumental. When you're lonely, health issues can become explosive. When you're lonely, the holidays can seem cavernous. David asked the Lord to deliver him, to bring him out of this place of enlarged distress. Loneliness is often a magnifying glass for other pain and troubles. You look through your loneliness and it magnifies every other trouble that you have in your life. So let me just encourage you today, don't allow your loneliness to be the looking glass through which you view the rest of your life. When you view your life through God's grace rather than through loneliness, what you'll see is his faithfulness and goodness in all of your circumstances. When you view your life through God's promised presence, rather than through loneliness, you'll discover opportunities for service and for impact in God's unshakable kingdom. So as we've learned in other lessons, how wonderful to know that Jesus will never leave us. How substantial and strengthening to realize that we can access his presence through the fellowship of others, through worship, and through prayer. But I'll admit there have been some moments in life when I have just needed Jesus with skin on. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I think that's why Jesus was emphatic about the power of two, about sending his disciples out two by two, about praying with two or three others. There have been vicious circumstances in my life when I have just needed human kindness to wrap its arms around me, to envelop me. And during those moments, I have remembered what my precious Irish grandmother used to say to me when I was in a junior high funk. Carol, if you need a friend, then be a friend. You know, passivity is not a remedy for loneliness. Make an assertive and definitive attempt to reach out to somebody else once a day. Give to somebody, smile at somebody, write a note to somebody, pray for somebody, text somebody, send somebody an email, say something kind to somebody on Facebook. Ask the pastor what you can do at church to serve him or to serve the body. Bake some cookies for a young mom. Invite a widow or a widower out on a Friday night. Knock on a neighbor's door with a new magazine or a treat or a bouquet of flowers. Go out of your way to be somebody else's friend. Don't sit at home on Friday nights with a box of tissues. Go out of your way to be somebody's friend. I I have read before that it takes 21 days to break a habit. So I dare you to be aggressively friendly for 21 days. 
You be Jesus with skin on. Don't be passive. I can tell you right now that giving and generosity is the sure cure for loneliness. When I was in college many decades ago, I was morbidly homesick. I had gone to a Christian university a thousand miles away from mommy. <laughs> I begged my parents not to make me go back at Christmas time, but my wise dad told me that we, the Burton family, we finished what we started. I cried almost every single day of Christmas break. My sweet mama was ready to let me stay at home, but my father told me kindly yet firmly, that if I was still unhappy at the end of the school year, I could attend a university closer to home for my sophomore year in college. So I returned to the university a thousand miles away from mommy with an entire semester's supply of tissues in my suitcase. Well, one winter evening in mid-January, I was crying one night in my wing chaplain's room. A wing chaplain was um, someone who was a bit older on the floor, still a college student, but oversaw that floor spiritually. And I had gone to Tanya's room that night, and I was telling Tanya for the 42nd time that semester, I'd only been back at school two weeks, but I'd been in Tanya's room multiple times every day, telling Tanya how lonely I was and how I hated living far away from home. Tanya, who, as I said, was just one year older than I, was quietly writing on a piece of paper while I was sobbing and gulping. And honestly, when I look back at the situation now, I realize that I was probably approaching near hysteria. And when I stopped long enough to blow my nose... Tanya handed me a list of assignments, and this is what she said. She said, Carol, you are no longer allowed to walk with your head down as you walk across campus. She said, I want you to lift up your chin, make eye contact with people, smile, and say hi. She knew that I had developed some really bad habits. She said another thing, Carol, leave the door to your room open. You are no longer allowed to close your door unless you're changing your clothes or sleeping. All other times, leave your door open. She said, Carol, on Friday evenings, what I want you to do is pop popcorn and let the smell waft into the hallway because that smell of popcorn will invite other girls, other lonely girls into your room. And she said, Carol, you always get discouraged when nobody leaves you a note at the front desk. She said, Carol, when was the last time that you left a note for somebody at the front desk? Leave somebody else a note every single day. And she said, Carol, when you go to the cafeteria for dinner, you are not allowed to sit alone. You sit with a group, introduce yourself, enter into the conversation. You know, as I said, Tanya realized that I had developed some horrible habits during my fanatical homesickness, and her goal was to break me of unhealthy emotional choices. The list was only the beginning of the remedies that she sent me out with that night because she also loaded me up. She sent me out of her room with her popcorn popper and an entire box of stationery to ensure that I would have no excuses. She gave me popcorn, little dishes, and she gave me stationery so that I would leave notes at the front desk. Well, the first time that I walked into the cafeteria after Tanya had given me my assignments, I found a table where an upperclassman 
a young man and a young woman were sitting, and I shyly asked if I could join them. I recognized them as important upperclassmen, popular upperclassmen, and thought, if I can build a friendship with them, I might be important someday too. The young woman hesitated, but finally said, sure. And the young, handsome man just looked away. I could tell immediately that I was unwanted, uninvited, and a freshman nuisance. I inhaled my dinner. I just wolfed it down, downed it in five minutes flat. I felt like a failure and more lonely. I mumbled some incoherent phrase about having to meet someone, although, as you know, I knew of no one else to meet, and left that table, went to my room, and cried. A couple of days later, that senior girl came looking for me. She knocked on my open door and told me that the moment I had come to the table, that he, the male student, was actually breaking up with her. She apologized for her rude behavior and asked me to have dinner with her that night. You know, we became sweet friends, and I have looked to her often over the years for wisdom and support. Well, the moral of the story is, if you're lonely, you be the one to reach out. You be the one to give, to listen, and to instigate. I can guarantee you that you will make friends by being a friend. Learn how to give when everybody else is being selfish. Be kind when everyone else is passive. Have a cheerful heart when nobody else is talking to you. We were designed to find health in the power of two or three or four. This doesn't mean that we all need to become extroverts because some of the shyest people that I know have the deepest relationships. Always remember that love is something you do, not something you feel. Reach out and love to somebody regardless of how you feel because it will change your life. I love what Mother Teresa has said, if you can't do great things, do little things with great love. The startling revelation that I learned that companionless freshman year in college was that the remedy for my empty heart did not lie in the hands of others, but that it had been in my hands all along. My friends, a full life is not an accident, but it is a result of certain choices. It's it's a result of praying with others, of worshiping the Lord, of reaching out to others in friendship, and of looking outward. Every moment you're alive is an opportunity to practice a gesture of love. Oh, I just love it that the most common term for a fellow believer in Jesus Christ is brother or sister. We belong to one another. What a rich gift. So what have we learned as we've gained a biblical perspective on seasons of loneliness over the past few podcasts? Well, we've learned that loneliness is a feeling and feelings don't always tell the truth. We've learned that we're never really alone because we have Jesus who has promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. We've learned that when we wonder where Jesus is, that we should invite others to pray with us because when we're with others, we access his presence. And we've learned to worship the Lord because when we worship, we're putting the welcome mat out for Jesus. We've learned that times of being alone can be purposeful, that prayer can turn loneliness 
into a lovely time of strengthening. And then we learned that when you need Jesus with skin on, go for it. It's your time to be friendly. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord, you know how lonely I am. Would you turn to me today? Would you be the friend that's really closer than a brother? Would you show your grace toward me? Lord, help me keep my other troubles in proper perspective. I pray that I can see my life the way that you see my life. I trust you to bring me out of my distresses. In Jesus' name, amen. Next time you feel alone, remind yourself that Jesus is with you. Nothing, absolutely nothing, not even a pandemic, not even working from home, can separate you from his presence. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. I know that we've already prayed together today, but I'm a firm believer in the fact that you can never pray too much. So let's pray again. Jesus, we love you and we worship you. We adore you. Father, use us in your unshakable kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'll see you next time on A Jolt of Joy.